With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are here. This is episode 28 of the Godfathers of Podcasting. We are testing out a new platform this week, so there may be some bugs. We are broadcasting live right now, so there's no safety net. We just realized as we went live on our Facebook group at Godfathers of Podcasting, we have a bug right now on godfathers of podcasting.com oh, or if you are there right now it says you cannot watch the feed but if you click there's a little button there it says watch it on facebook it'll open us up on your facebook page but if you're hearing me you already know that but we are working on it we are aware of the problems the problems are are my uh, fault not unknown to us and we are working on it we will work through it we will find a solution Man, I do not remember any of this being in my writer. (laughs) (laughs) You guys should have expected this, though. Hey, we got a cool background now. Ladies and gentlemen, this week's episode is brought to you by MakeGoodFood.ca, NordVPN, Fight TV, AirVape, JustCBD, and Eyeglasses.com. Go to our website, GodfathersOfPodcasting.com, check out our sponsor page, and you can learn more about all the special offers and promotions that are available just for you. My name is Donnie De Silva, and I'd like to introduce to all of you the Joaquin Buckley to my Impa Kasanganizaga. What was the guy's name? Notorious TID, Chris Tidwell, and your bro, Daniel. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? You saw that crazy UFC knockout that happened on the, uh, on the weekend. Oh, I thought you had a stroke. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I maybe, hoped. Maybe the greatest knockout uh, I've yes, ever seen. Yes. As I ever. referred to it, as I referred to it as the jump spinning black kick. Because that dude got messed. Like when you he was he was out for like three years before he fell, it seemed like. Like there right. was no falling on this brother. And the it crazy was, thing is that he actually ooh. helped him get kicked because he held his foot that gave yes. him the, the, the leverage to do that spinning kick. I've never what seen did, anything like that. Dude, there was two things you do from that. You either do that jump spinning back kick like that, mm-hmm. or you do that kid and play backflip. 
right? <laughs> and he, he wasn't he wasn't doing that. So you knew no. you had to know the kick was coming. And dude, that is to that you know what crazy. you know what Ben Askren right now is sitting there going, Woo, I'm not the highlight reel this year. Mm-hmm. Let's, right? just, yeah, let's just take a quick peek at this really quickly. Oh wow. We have it here on this new platform that we're using. Let's let's just take Sick. a peek. And he said, where's my dog? Like, one more look. I mean, that's just insane to me. Catches the foot. And then, like, this spinning Taekwondo back kick. Like, if you watch that slow enough, you can see his soul leave his body as he's falling. Boom! His soul's gone. And now it's just a matter of, you know, the rest of it to just fall well there's a there's a vantage Ugh. point there's a vantage point it's from the other angle and when it's in slow-mo you can fully see him look up at the sky like his, his <laughs> eyes are fully rolling yeah like, man he, he's out on his feet as you said tid for a little while before the drop and wow that was crazy. and you know what good on him he was very respectful afterwards he sent a message right out just saying you know uh, uh, great shot you got me i'll get mm -hmm. better you know much respect glad to have been in the ring with you and everything like that like right. very very humble dude even though like he's still trying to figure out what state he's in yeah you know like well, i'm oof. glad he's okay i'm glad he's yes. okay because some of those direct shots to the head like that man you never know i it, mean we've seen shots that don't look that bad that have you know worse effects it's not the um, shot directly that it took to the face. If you watch that again, when he goes back and he right. smashes the back of his head right. when right. you come down, it's those ones. Right. It's the accumulation of those ones that you take one too many of those and, and your your brain scrambled, man. Yeah, man. He definitely had scrambled eggs that night, bro. Ooh. Um, Tid, a lot of people have been saying that ever since that it? fight, uh, people, you know, people, they've been saying um, – Throughout the history of mixed martial arts, Taekwondo has been viewed as being mostly useless. And sure. that was a a standard Taekwondo move. In Taekwondo, mm -hmm. that's not a big deal. In fact, some mm -hmm. people would argue that our Taekwondo practitioners, that move was made easier by the fact that Impa was holding his leg yeah. and, and he had mm -hmm. balance. For sure. Um, now some people are talking the way that 25 years ago, Jiu-Jitsu infiltrated every MMA practitioner's uh, arsenal that Taekwondo might be the next evolution for every fighter. What do you think? Well, I think, that you, you know, it's only a natural evolution that you're going to find all of these things coming from, you're going to find specialists in every little thing. And the trick is how they take that specialty that they have and implement it to MMA. There is no martial arts called MMA. It's mixed martial arts because you're taking a mixture of different martial arts and different pedigrees and wrestling and boxing and Thai boxing and jujitsu. And we're getting to the point now where you're going to see a lot of guys that are really good at all of those things. And then you'll have these specialists that'll come along. You know what I mean? They started this when they were very young. Listen, look at like a Leota Machida and that Kung, you know, that karate style that he uses works really well for him. Somebody else goes out there and tries it. No, it doesn't work worth a lick. So you got these dudes that are specialists in their fields. Yeah. Do I think that Taekwondo is going to be the next thing? Um, no, not so much. I don't think that, it, you know, I think that a lot of these people, if you ask them when they were younger and when they were kids a lot of them took taekwondo you know what i mean and, and has, it's, just, has, it's just it's just one of those things has any of the disciplines shown any dominance dominance in mma do you think is there one that stands out for you uh wrestling yeah 
Yeah, wrestling, because it gives yeah. you the ability to control your opponent. You look at mm. a guy who's, you know, 28 no, I got a fight coming up against Justin Gaethje. A guy, Khabib Nurmagomedov, who uses his wrestling to literally smother you and ground and pound you every mm-hmm. single time. Wrestling, the 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 ability to wrestle and anti-wrestle to mm. not get taken down is really one of the most important factors. Because right. if another person can get on top of you and impose their dominance, I mean, we know how that goes. Right. It doesn't go well a lot of times. The the counter to it, obviously, is the jujitsu. So if you can get to that from your bottom game, that's the counter. Everything, you know what I mean? Everything is supposed to basically kind of rule out the other. You stop the wrestling, you know, with the boxing. You prevent the boxing with the wrestling. You prevent the wrestling with the jujitsu. You prevent the jujitsu with the boxing. Everything kind of is, you know, this these three basic, basic elements to it. But then you have the specialties of each one that come into play. Good thing I have a wrestling background. <sighs> what do so, you wrestle with? <laughs> I want to. Uh, I want to. I want to show everybody a little something quickly okay. before we get to our first guest, who is waiting in the wings. Right. Um, everyone who's joining us right now, live on Facebook, um, because Godfathers of Podcasting dot com stream is down. But if you're on Facebook watching us right now, um, you get this- a car. On this new no, on this oh, new platform that we're using, we have uh, a new level of interactivity that we have not had before. So if you leave a comment in the uh, live chat room, we now have the ability to share your comment oh. right here on screen, cool. um, and and put you in the show. So if you want to be in the show uh, with us, leave us your comments. And we will uh, see if any of them are interesting, if they appeal <laughs> to us, and then we'll throw them up there for you. So it's another it another level of interactivity for all of you out there as we continue to work through the bugs and, like. and, and mess around wow. with technology. Right? Hey, it's funny you mentioned that. I like. I don't know if you guys noticed this or not, but uh, Borat is officially on Twitter. Oh, and Borat himself? Oh. Yeah, that's, yes. And Following oh, man, immediately. You, do it now because it's it's hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> he goes he goes right after uh, you know, the uh, uh Premier Trump okay. as he refers to him. <laughs> nice. Uh it's 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 top notch off, man. Everybody go Crazy. out there and give it a follow. Crazy how late he was to, to the Twitter game, but that's all good. It's it's Borat after all. Do you know right? the what's the I'm trying to look it up for real. What's I'm trying the, uh, to remember. If you type in Borat and click on people, should be one of the first ones that comes up. Well, there's several. Do you know if this is actually Sasha Baron Cohen? Uh, yeah, I will get you the man. All right, me do stuff we'll, here. We'll figure this out because I would follow that. Right. Um, very quickly, I'm getting uh, instant messages from people watching the show live saying, "How do I turn off the closed captioning? Because the closed captioning is covering up everyone's faces. Um, really? It's it's a Facebook feature. It's not us, but I guess the reason it's happening is because this new tool offers closed captioning. So go on Facebook really? in the top right corner, and you can turn on or off your closed captioning. That's for all of you out there that are watching us live right now. I didn't even know that. There you go. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, it is time for us to welcome in um, our first guest of the evening. And I say first guest because, um, oh, wait a minute. We don't want to do that. <laughs> How do we? Uh, what, bug, 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 bug. Don't bug, ask bug, me. Bug, 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 bug. I don't know. 
All right. new shit technical in the show. We will figure that out later. Um, <laughs> joining us. Oh man. On the show right now. Hey man, it's live. It's live broadcast. What do you want from me? Uh, the first time Yo. I met this man. The first time I met this man was more than 25 years ago when we were in high school together. He was a big, soft-spoken dude that hung out in the Italian hall and spent most of his time in the calf. After graduating, he connected with Bulgarian MMA fighter and wrestler Don Koloff, who became his coach. Kolov coached uh, this man as well as former WWE star Santino Marella and current NXT star Karrion Cross and many, many others. Upon completing his training, he moved down to Mexico, where he went on an unprecedented five-year run as a main event-level competitor, working against or tagging with many of the legends of the territory like Mystico, Alberto Del Rio, Dr. Wagner, L.A. Park, Masada, Nosawa, the Headhunters, and so many more. He was such a big star in Mexico that he earned himself a major role on a television show, the Mexican version of Ugly Betty. They could have called it Ugly Him. <laughs> Following his career Mexico. He came close to signing a deal with the WWE, but is now settled comfortably into his new life as a nutritionist and trainer with an exercise science degree and nutrition degree from the Florida Gulf Coast University. He doesn't know how to censor himself. He's never politically correct. His opinions are his and his alone. And according to Dan, he's a pretty good cuddler. Ladies and gentlemen, our pal, the Secte de Uno, Rico Montana. Uh, Thanks for having me, guys. I'm glad to be on here. Good How to are see you, you, man? Man, I'm good. I was honestly terrified about this techno, whatever, <laughs> crap. I was going to screw it up. But seeing all the screw-ups you guys have been doing, I feel a lot better now. If there's one person I, yeah. on God's green earth that is less technically savvy than Dan, it's Rico. <laughs> I'm low I didn't think that was possible, bro. How can you be that bad? Well, put it this way. You can't be that bad. If there was no COVID, I'd be at Dan's house right now, and we'd be doing the show with him on my lap. We just got a, we got a comment on Facebook. If there are tech issues today, it's 100 on Dan. I have no doubt. I have no doubt either. Right? That's a shoot. I'm telling you, Rico is so like inept with technology. I'm telling you, he's still rocking. Not one, because he's a player. Two pagers. No. Two yeah. fucking pagers. <laughs> and, a, and a BlackBerry flip. Right? The problem, no, is, the problem is he's driving around all over the place trying to find a fucking payphone. <laughs> as, as he pumps <laughs> tunes on his eight track. I'll pay for will never drop a call. I'm telling you, those headphones are plugged into a Walkman right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. All the heat has been diverted to Rico. Well, uh, it's okay. It's okay. Been a while, so I'll eat it. That's a boy. Rico, we, Rico, see if you can get a little closer there, bud. We're having trouble uh, hearing you. You can't hear me. Uh, yeah, I know you're at work right now, and you're yeah. you're in your uh, facility there. So there's a yeah. bit of an echo. It wasn't like this in rehearsal, but <laughs> let's. Uh, That's why let's, I stopped doing mic checks, man. I stopped doing. I go to shows. I'd show up hours early. I do a sound check, and then when the show got on, everything sounded fucked. So how is it? Yeah, yeah, we can I, hear you. I can oh, hear you. I'm, All right. So yeah, Rico, just blame um, it on me, man. There's yeah. so much that we want to talk to you about and and not nearly enough time because we do have another guest joining us later yeah. tonight uh reality television star uh Garf- godfrey uh manzuiga will be joining us a little bit later but um while you're here with us uh rico and i think you you maybe are going to stick around with us for the entire show sure, but um 
You know, I, I, I said in our write-up today on Facebook and Instagram, I said, Rico's not a guest. He's family to us, right? To all three of us. Um, I know that you've done a lot of work working with Dan personally. Um, you have been a tag team partner and opponent of TID yep. during your wrestling yep. career. My One of my favorite moments ever as a um, matchmaker in the wrestling business, which I did for many years, was I decided that I wanted to put Rico and Tid together, which in hindsight was a stupid move because neither <laughs> one of them wants to take a bump. So in hindsight, it was dumb. But it was great. Yeah, yeah they, we knew they how, we they knew how to do get anything. over. Yeah. We, we were over. And then I said to Tid, I remember this, their first match together, the two of them are standing outside backstage, you know, just getting a getting you know a little uh, warm up on. And I said, Tid, we need a name for you guys as a team. And without missing a beat, he goes, "We're Team Fu." And I'm like, "This no, is a this is a family show. We can't say Fu." Right? Yeah, we can. It was Friends United, bro. Yeah. <laughs> we were Friends United before any of this shit, right? That was some, that was somehow, here, here was the fa my favorite part about all of that was like all of a sudden then they're like okay what music you want to hit and i'm like oh this mad ball tune or whatever and it's got like 45 seconds of like sirens and stuff like that beforehand and everybody like they hit it from the beginning and everybody's waiting they're like you going out and i'm like nah not yet not till that fucking beat drops we ain't yeah. stepping through that fucking yeah. curtain yeah <laughs> i had a lot of fun with that I had a lot of fun. That's with that. great. That was good. Um, I think I think I even I even got involved in a feud with Fu. With Team Fu, you did. Yeah, I think you did. And I'm but you know enough enough about that shit. Let's talk. Yeah, so, that's okay. Let's history. talk. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk Mexico. Okay. Yeah. Okay, let's let's talk. How was how was the transition? Like you go down there for wrestling and stuff like that, and not everybody gets the opportunity to work into film down there. And you would think that they'd at least pick a fucking Mexican instead of you know none of them wanted to do it. <laughs> All right. So so how did how did that happen for you? You know what I mean? Tell us, take us to that day when like somebody walked in and was like, mm, I need that guy to be in my telenovela. Well, it didn't really happen like that. It was kind of like two parts fluky. One was uh, the main actor of the show had a girlfriend from Calgary. So when he came to watch a show, you know, she wanted to meet the Canadian guy that was on the show. So it was me. So I met them, spoke briefly. He asked where I lived. So at the time I had moved to Acapulco. So I told him I lived there. And then he said he was filming down there. We'll get in contact with you. And you know, you know how it is. It's all a work. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then what ended up happening was uh, there was a casting agent that was down there and she stopped me and she said, look, there's a show filming here. I think you want to use you. So it just kind of happened where it was like that casting agent hooked me up with the audition. And then I met him at the audition. He remembered me. So it was like, you're instantly in there. Now, did you have acting experience prior to that? No. <laughs> <laughs> did Did they know that? Like, how did the audition go? Uh, no, it wasn't even really an audition after it's who you know. So it was kind of like, yeah, wow. yeah, this is just what we want you to do. The only thing was they didn't even really know I spoke Spanish. Okay. So, like, once they heard me speaking with the stunt uh, court, the stunt directors or the stunt actors and stuff like that, they're like, oh, you speak Spanish? Like, yeah. And they're like, okay, we'll give you some lines. So it kind of just went like that. Okay. Wow. Speaking yeah. or snorting? Uh, both. <laughs> it, it was Acapulco. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. The West Coast is the best coast. So they didn't even know you Spanish. <laughs> no, they didn't know. Because, like, no one ever made me cut promos. Like, 
Uh, right. During, so what were you supposed to do? What was the original idea for your character if you weren't even... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I've been supposed to speak. Uh, just basically just to beat up the main actor on the show. Okay. And whatever, and it was just like no speaking and then they're like okay we'll have you speak and then i thought it was done and then i got right. calls after that saying like you're recurring but you're not important recurring and i just yeah, figured, but- like no but my whole mentality was you know i don't have to take a bump and like, yeah uh, i can hang out at the beach all day and then just film this so i'll stay there for like two weeks you know in, like, so. in non-wrestling terms for the for the people out there that don't follow pro wrestling Rico says ever- yeah when he says i didn't have to take a bump he didn't have to fall on his ass. He didn't have yeah. to. He didn't have to put any miles on that body of yeah. his. Yeah. It was easy money. Yeah. You know, if if there was any physical action, you probably had a double. <laughs> and because I'm such an idiot at the time, I was yelling at the casting director, who they say you have to have an agent because it's union. So I'm telling her like, I want five thousand dollars a day, and then she's like, you know, just shut up. And she's like, you want residuals? And then I'm like, no, 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 I don't care about residuals. I just want my pay. I want my yeah. pay. Yeah. So anyways, I listened to her and like no bullshit, I'm still getting residual checks from that now. Those are the best checks, man. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because that, that hit number one in like, uh, not that I was even a major part of it, but that hit major one, uh, number one in like 10 different countries. And it's still on every time I'm in Florida. What is it called? Because everyone wants to Google it now, I'm sure. Uh, La Fea Masbea. It was like a nighttime, like it was soap opera, but like telenovela, but like it was okay. like every night at like 9 to 10 p.m. Okay. Uh, so it's like those Dynasty and, and, yeah. and like, yeah, you exactly. know, the, the like old Falcon's Dallas Crest and Falcon's Crest, that yeah. shit, yeah. Sick. That's dope. So, yeah. Rico, yeah. I have to ask you, um, yeah. because over the last 7 to 10 days, yeah. um, there have been not one but two very public legal run-ins with people that you worked quite a bit with down in Mexico. One of them was someone who you booked as a guest on our old show, uh, which was um, Dark Angel, Sarah Stock. And um, the other one was um, your uh, former tag partner of yours, Alberto Del Rio. Um, Sarah got into trouble. Um, I believe she was in Indiana, if I'm not mistaken. She was out at like three o'clock in the morning. She was drunk. She beat the shit out of a cop or something like that. This coming just a couple weeks after she was terminated as a uh, producer with WWE and Alberto Del Rio, who had a lengthy run in WWE, um, who you worked with quite a bit down in Mexico was charged last week. He was charged last week with sexual assault. Um, (coughs) 
I don't know all of the details on that, so I wanted so I wanted like a just, kidnapping charge or something like that. There was something weird about it. So I'm just curious wow. if you know anything about these stories, Rico. I, I, I remember I texted you when this happened and I said, Wow, bad week for Mexican wrestlers, and you said normal week for Mexican wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh I'm just curious because you know them both so well. What's your thought, your your immediate impression on on both those stories? Uh, okay, so to go for Del Rio first, uh, just going to backtrack a little bit. Like I personally believe, like, and I haven't had much of a relationship with him during his like time in the states, but I believe that like him going to the states was like one of the worst mistakes he could have made. Like wow. I got it. Like. Uh, I ran into him just uh, like it was a total fluke, like uh, at a WrestleMania. It was the one where he wrestled Edge. I believe it was Edge's uh-huh. last match. Yeah. And uh, he's like, okay, we're going to go out for dinner, whatever. So we went out and uh, he told me kind of like what motivated him to be there. Because I said, like, why would you come here? Like, you're, you know, right. you have everything. You're, you haven't made yeah. It's not the money. So, and he basically said, like, when he went, when they were trying to, like, show him around and entice him. Uh, I believe it was Johnny Ace was saying to him, like, oh, like they were at some pay-per-view or something. It's like, oh, if you're lucky in five years, you'll, like, you know, be, like, wrestling for the heavyweight belt. And he kind of took that as a personal challenge, saying, no, if I sign with you, I'll do it in one year. Uh-huh. And he did. Uh-huh. You know, like, uh, and then, like, obviously, like, through media stuff, you just kind of, you know, you see, like, things weren't going so good for him in like the last couple of years. And I don't know exactly what's going on like in his life or whatever, like to cause all these issues. But uh-huh. uh, deep down inside of me, I just think that like um, the pride and the ego took over where it's like, you'd say, I can't do something. I'm going to go do it. But then there's the consequence of doing that because he had it made in, in Mexico. And I, I don't know, like for me, I just don't understand why he, he, he left. Uh, as far as Sarah's concerned, I couldn't tell you. Like, I mean, like, uh, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if COVID hits, you lose your job. Like, now what? You know, like, so right. there's, you know, and like, even just in what I'm doing, like, with my career right now, you know, the mental illness and like depression and all that stuff is all over the place. So, yeah. You know, when you get fired and it's not like, you, you know, there's union benefits and all this stuff like that, like, you're fired, no pay. So, yeah. You know, and like, your your situation that you have right now professionally is unique because I think there's a lot of people that are like old friends of yours, people from the wrestling business that that used to chill with that think, oh, Rico became a personal trainer, but it, yeah. that's not what you're doing, right? No. Uh, so why no. do you explain to people what it is you're actually doing right now? Because it's really fascinating, especially considering the times yeah. we're living in. Uh, okay, so basically, like, um, thankfully to wrestling, I don't want to make it seem like I bury the business or anything like that. Like. Uh, I made some money, I bought some units, rent them out. So I turned one of my units into a gym, like it was kind of for myself, and then I wanted to get into the personal training. So the last year, year and a half that I was wrestling, I was taking courses and stuff like that. Um, I just kind of felt like it wasn't enough. Like it was just like, you know, helping people lose weight and stuff. Like everyone had issues. So I was like, I have to learn more. So I took the nutrition, like a nutrition course, and I still wasn't satisfied. Like I learned a lot, but I, you know, there, there needs to be more. So I got into that and then I started to realize that there's a lot of people out there that have issues and if we could kind of nip them in the bud before they become big issues, right. uh, I want to make sure that like I can help them do that. So I basically turned uh, like my gym, uh, so I had to walk away from it for a couple of years because to go to school. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
So I had it like rented out and stuff like that. But uh, I said, okay, once I finish school, I said, I want to get on a new path of working with people that are like immunocompromised, that have like autoimmune issues, uh, cancer. Um, I have two clients with Down syndrome. Um, like kind of a place for them to go where they feel safe. And like as Dan mm -hmm. knows, because when, when I first opened up, Dan and RJ used to come work out at my gym. Yeah. It's, it's a private setting. Like it's a yeah. one one um, you know, so people can just feel comfortable and safe. And so that's basically what I'm doing now is basically working with people with, uh, you know, all types of issues. Rico, I know from having been in the gym with RJ, first of all, I want to thank you publicly because unquestionably all of the different workout regimens I've attempted over the years, uh, nutrition and diet as well, uh, nothing has come close to the advice that you've given me and the, and the guidance that you've given me and it's definitely helped. But what I'm really curious about because I didn't really know it back then yeah. or even when we started, you know, when you started helping me out again is how much of a focus you had on people's mental health. And that is something over and above the whole weight loss, fitness, nutrition thing. Can you speak to what it is you do for people and even like not get specific about a specific person, but like how can someone with mental health issues take benefit from the programs that you teach or what work do you do with them? Uh, well, basically like all I'm responsible for is the nutrition aspect. I can't really get into things, but the good thing yeah. is people who see psychiatrists and psychotherapists, uh, I work with them. So like okay. I up a good enough reputation where it's like you get a little inside track. So I can offer some like lifestyle stuff, like, you know, going for a walk and your vitamin D, you know, like supplementation, stuff like that. But basically what I focus on is like the nutrition, because you'd be surprised on how many people have like, say, anxiety. And mm -hmm. it's like, well, once you like kind of correct like those blood sugars and stabilize them and stuff like that, um, they all of a sudden feel better. And it's right. like, well, you kind of know what the trigger is. And then... The biggest problem I find in what I do now is like Google. It's like you could Google stuff and like one thing that stood out to me was one professor said there is a study out there that uh, everyone wants to read. So it's like you have to be able to like really have a neutral frame of mind and like yeah. take everything in and then like fortunately and unfortunately there are studies that you pay for to get the black and white not the gray. Because like looking at the studies it's like well who sponsored it? Like if you yeah. have a uh, Lysol sponsoring studies right. you know, saying we'll kill COVID. It's like, well, well Lysol did that. You know, sure. like everyone else did. So uh, it's like it was like it is and it was like a major investment, like to kind of get the black and white. And then uh, but I find the biggest thing is like working with a person like, you know, their race, their uh, age, you know, how they were brought up, the foods that they like to eat. Those are all major factors. If you well, tell someone you can't have something. Right. Well, then right away you're in a negative. You had a negative start. Mm -hmm. So what I like to do is just kind of like, you choose the food, I'll tell you how to eat it. And then if there are things, and I'll show you the evidence of it, like, look, we got to take this away because this is contributing to this. Let's just see what happens. Right. And 9.5 out of 10, people want to get better, so they listen. Right. It's not just about like some guy saying, hey, I want to lose 10 pounds or gain 10 pounds. All right. So... So somebody comes at you and they're like, I really, like, all I eat is fucking pizza pops. Yeah. What are you, you going to tell that person? Uh, I'm going to tell that person, like, depending on what their issue is. But if I got to figure out, I'm like, you can have pizza pops, but you're going to make sure. them yourself. You know? Okay. So it might be something like you're going to get, like, a non-GMO, like, corn tortilla. And you're going to get some cheese. And then you're going to, instead of putting ham or, like, pepperoni in it, we're going to try putting Shh. some turkey. You know, like, so, you know, bake that. Have that All right. three times right. a day. You know, like. So. Bacon, bacon wrapped crack cocaine. <laughs> 
cheat days. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No way out of that. <laughs> bacon wrapped cocaine? Why can't you wrap cocaine in bacon? It's bacon, bro. Eric Clapton never sung about that shit. Well, how's he doing? The main thing that got me into all this was fixing myself after like the wrestling career. Okay. What was what was wrong? What was wrong? Uh, well, I just don't think like taking bumps or like they'll catch up to you. And lucky I didn't take too many. But like, uh, uh, I'll be honest, like sitting on airplanes, like just learning about all the radiation and stuff like that. Um, wow. Then uh, just buses, just the whole lifestyle. I mean, I lived in Mexico City for like four years straight. Like the mm. amount of pollution and stuff that's like over there. Mm. So I just figured like another thing too is like who's kidding who? It's like look at the people around you. Like everyone is dying and they're like early to mid 40s. You know, like so it's like those are like motivational things where it's like if I'm going to do something, at least let me wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and be proud of myself and right. take care of myself at the same time. Rico, you um, and I talked leading up to this, yeah. and you said that, hey, man, listen, I used to come on. You were a regular on our old show, right? Yeah. When, when, yeah. when Tid and Dan and I hosted a show together for years, you were a regular, like not even a guest. You would just come sit in, bullshit with us, and yeah. whoever the guest was, you would bullshit with them, <laughs> um, kind of like we're doing today. But one thing you said to me recently was, listen, when I used to come on the show, there was a lot of stuff I couldn't say. Because I didn't, I didn't want to step on toes. I didn't want to piss people off because I was still in the business. And you yeah. said, now I don't care. So I'm going to be no, honest. So <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of stuff did you want to share with us that you used to lie about? Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Yeah, I know. You were a liar. You were a liar. No, I just never brought it up. Like, um, there's people. Omission like, uh, of truth is a lie. <laughs> well, like, That's I, not true. <laughs> well, yeah. There was a lot of people that helped me that I just didn't like really say anything about because then like Tid, you know this, like you yep. hear this guy's helpful, everyone's going to run to that guy and be like, hey, help me too, help me too. Right. Like, I'll give you an example, like Sabu. Uh, mm -hmm. Sabu was booked on a show from uh, one of the wrestling magazines in Mexico and I happened to be booked on the same show. So uh, you guys know Al Baron, like he was trained by my coach as well. So he was uh, in Mexico City at the time. So I just got into Mexico City. Sabu got to Mexico City and Al Baron introduced me to him because they had a relationship. So we hung out that day. And then that night he's like, I want to go see L.A. Park. Like, where is he? And I'm like, oh, he's at Arena Mexico. And I'm like, OK, <laughs> I'm like, let's go because we were working the next day at the Coliseo. And uh, he was so cool. Like the magazine people were like, Sabu, we're going to drive you. And then he's like. Is there room for my friend? And then he's like, no, sorry, there's no room for my friend, like about me. And then uh, Sabu was like, how are you going to get there? I said, I'm walking. <laughs> so I walked to Reno, Mexico. Yeah. When, when we were, and we went to the underground parking lot. And when we were there, like people knew who I was. And like they were taking pictures and I wanted autographs and stuff like that. So after that, went for dinner with, uh, like after the show, went for dinner with like Damien, S.A. Rios, like all those guys. And those guys at the time, like the Peros, they were super over, like Pero Guayo and everything. So Sabu sits at the table and goes, I had no clue that I was walking the streets of Mexico City with the Shawn Michaels of, of Mexico. Wow. You know, then, oh, he was with yeah. you guys. Yeah, <laughs> like he was in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> okay, in fairness, in fairness, Sabu has done a lot of drugs. Yeah. <laughs> So, him calling you the Shawn Michaels of Mexico, how high was he that day? It didn't matter, because at the end of the day, what ended up happening was Sabu made me a lot of money. 
And That's like, right. I had no way to like kind of thank him. And I remember running sure. into Rhino once and I was like, hey, like, I don't have Sabu's number anymore, but like, this guy made me a lot of money. And it's just like, if I came on the Osho back in the day and said that, Tit, you can attest to this, there would be a hundred indie guys running up to Sabu saying, hey, you know? Yeah. Help what can out. you do for me now? Yeah. Exactly. All right. So that's so that's that side of it. Uh, that's that's cute. That's fuzzy, and that's bunnies and fucking yeah. chocolate strawberries and shit like that. Who's okay. the guy that tried to bury you while you were down there? Because there's there's always somebody. Because if you if you say you know that you were the running around, you're doing the shows, you're the Shawn Michaels of of Mexico down there right now. There's well, always that is. one motherfucker, right? There's always that one motherfucker that 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 that's gunning for your spot. So who was it that was deliberately trying to fucking play that role? I don't. Uh, okay, so you guys remember Piroff? Yeah, like, yes. Yeah. Like Royal Rumble. He wore a mask. So, uh no he did well not when i was there when i was there okay. he wore a mask so I right. know, you know you're supposed to go around and shake everyone's hand and introduce yourself he mm. refused to shake my hand for three years until i got in a match with him he was wow. like his wife like, just no, no just he's just one of those like old school guys and then like he wanted me to earn his respect so okay like at the time i thought he was kind of a dick uh shocker, yeah shocker was the same way like he just mm. didn't care wow. for me at all um and then uh Olympico like fucked with me in a match like one time like he tried to make me take three backdrops and then like when he called the third one I just kicked him as hard as I could and wow then he stopped that and then when Del Rio took me into the office to meet with the Sindicato the union um, The union yeah yeah <laughs> when, he went, that union. when he took me to them Olympico was there and he was like you know good luck if you need a word I'll put in a word for you so my time there wasn't that bad Rico, we have about a minute or so before our next guest joins us, and I want you to stick around through that um, segment sure. as well. But in about a minute or so, yeah. can you tell the audience your 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 plan that you had if you were to get signed by WWE, what your WrestleMania plan was? Because I think this is hilarious. Oh, okay. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to go, I wanted to work. Now, first of all, hold on. Let's just preface this. How close was this to happening? Because you had a really powerful guy in the company going to bat for you, right? Yeah, I had someone powerful going to the bat for me, but whatever. You going to say who it was? Uh, okay. Quick story. Met Randy Orton. We hit it off through Santino. Uh, out of the blue, one day, he just messaged me and was like, hey, you want to work for the company? And then I got a phone call one time when Nash was there, Road Dog was there, all those guys were working for WWE, and they're like, yep, get your tape, get your shit in, like, whatever. So I did that. So Randy was nice enough to offer. I don't know if it was a rip or if it was true, but he offered. I sent my stuff, and that was at the worst time. Bushwhacker Luke mentioned bad time because that was the transition of when they were getting rid of Johnny Ace. But I'll be honest, I wasn't like in it. But my plan was, if I can go to WrestleMania, I want to work Randy Orton. And all three of you guys know I'm not a drug guy. I don't even drink alcohol. But I was going to do a lot of cocaine. <laughs> I was going to do, like, at the WrestleMania party, I was just going to snort a mountain of cocaine, maybe mm -hmm. some meth, whatever it was. <laughs> just oh, my God. I got all three strikes to get fired at one time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. So basically just invoking the ghost of Louis Spicoli. Yeah. yeah. Oof. Yeah. Well, wanted, to, wanted to set a record. Why? For some. Why would so that any, almost bring that almost brings a tear to my eye because I feel like you stole that from my life. 
Wow. Yeah. Hey, that's your, yeah, that's your gimmick. Yeah, but you guys said, like, rush that in a minute. There's a, there's a lot of rush. Like, Amazing. Really care to go, and that was all I wanted out of it was to wrestle one WrestleMania, and I would be content. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And that's, that was the goal, right? The goal was <laughs> if I get signed, I'm not a guy who's going to be here for 10 years. No. I want I that. Even, I was hoping not to be there 10 months. <laughs> no, that's not even a cup of coffee. That's like an espresso. It's a sip. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I was done. At that point in my life, I was done. Right? Yeah. Wouldn't that kind of have thrown Orton under the bus a bit for having, you know, gone yeah. for you? Wouldn't you yeah, right, because he's, he's not fucking untouchable. Yeah. Yeah, well. <laughs> I mean, come on now. Like, I, you know, you guys know I'm fucking around when I say that, but at the end of the day, it's like, what am I going to do? Go punch someone in the face to get fired? You know, like, it was just. No, as long as you like, get fired. If yeah. you punch like, the right guy, that's all it takes. Hey, True. If it was like three years earlier I got that offer, it would have been a whole different deal. But Amazing. at that right. point in my life, I was done. Amazing. That's crazy, man. Like, and I mean, it, it, it's nuts to think about because, um, you know, you were one of those guys that. When you were active as a wrestler, I mean, you know, the th the four of us worked on a lot of different live events together, did a lot of different shows together. And I always tell people, um, other than the guys that I met when, when I first got involved behind the scenes with the business, right? The, yeah. the, the trainers that I worked with, the same people that worked a lot with Tid when he first broke into the business. Um, I always say to people, the, the two guys that I learned the most from uh, mm -hmm. in the entire industry were Tid and Rico and, and, and completely different sides of the spectrum, right? But right. always, always business related, but Rico, you carried so much of your coach, Don Kolov's mentality. So old school. Who gives a shit about this? Who gives a shit about that? The only thing yeah. that matters is the bottom line and the business and who gives yeah. a shit. And I, I always, had a hard time envisioning how you personally would amalgamate into a big corporate machine like the WWE because you have to kind of you got you got to kiss ass a little bit you got to like play the game a little bit yeah. but then i met guys and i got to know guys like Randy Orton, Kevin Nash, and they're just like you <laughs> they're salty pricks just like you well yeah, they're but, over 64 yeah i'm not <laughs> there's that we went on the road together like you saw how yeah. i was on that tour no one even knows i'm there yeah you know yeah like, i know how to stay away from everything but that's the way it's supposed to be i mean because you you know as well as i do and i go you know listen coach was one of the greatest human beings in the on the face of the planet but he was also a salty prick a lot yeah. of the times and everybody knows that and that's what we that's what everybody loved about don koloff is he was a no bullshit kind of a guy no matter how much you interacted with him if you interacted with him once he knew who the fuck you were yeah. all the time right and he would make a point of letting like letting you know that he knows who you are yeah. what a fantastic human being but he passed on this knowledge to to certain people that you can see you can see a lot of coach 
in a few of you guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because sure. I know, I know almost all of the guys that that trained there with yeah. him. You know what I mean? The original crew and stuff yeah, like that. Before so, my time. Yeah. yeah, right. Like, and you can see, you can see how he passed down a, a bunch of himself to those dudes, man. And and that's that's something you don't come across hardly ever anymore. Well, it's funny because whenever Rico used to talk about it, right? Um, I remember one time saying to him when he first, first got into the business, because I've known Rico most of my life. And I said to him, like, so who's training you? He goes, oh, my coach is Don Koloff. But wrestlers don't usually refer to their trainer as a coach. Mm. And and he said it in a, in a way, and I was like, huh. And then I remember exploring that and, and then having a conversation with you. I think it was while we were on the road together out, out East. And you said, mm -hmm. my coach didn't teach me none of this bullshit. He didn't, <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't teach me how to like, you know, do work. the, do the voice, Don. You're really good at it. <laughs> do my Rico voice. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, you guys I wasn't even allowed in a ring for the first like three months. It was, like, I know shoot. like I had to learn how to shoot. Like they were like, look, these guys are going to want to break your leg. What are you going to do about it? And right. Like, so you first, as a pro wrestler, this is really fascinating to me. You learned first how to fight for real. <clears throat> and then you worked backwards to find out how to protect your opponent. Yeah. But another thing not to mention, probably know, better because they're not pro wrestlers is like, we had some real killers in our gym. Like we had like a world Sambo champion from Bulgaria. Like just to give you like the pro wrestling thing that people are like Johnny canine used to come through there. You know, like yeah. this guy, Gus, the bus is like 550 pounds. <laughs> uh, like, Gus. Guys, like, Gus, yeah. the original Rhino. Yeah, so like, <laughs> like those guys. So like, you know, like, and they were a little before my time, but then they'd want to come to the gym and do a tune-up. And it's yeah. like, you know, like Al Barone wasn't even the biggest guy in the gym. And this is even yeah. before like Terzis and Santino came around. So it was like, I was like the whipping boy. Like even um, wow. Alexander King, like, you know. Sure, like, like, yeah. of course. So like even him, Worked like, with them out east as well. Yeah, and like Midnight Mass, like those guys. Yep. So there was a point where like coach had to go to Germany like to do some work, and then those guys are like, "Well, we'll take over the training for you," you know. Like so, they were telling me like, "You're going to learn on the road." So like they were drop kicking me like for real in the face and like doing all yep. this stuff. So I'm like, "Okay, if this is the way it is, this is the way it is." And there was no bullying. There was nothing bad about it. It was just like that's the way you were taught. So what would you say was the biggest? Forget about fight lesson, ring lesson. What was the biggest life lesson you took away from training with coach and with all those guys? It's hard to say the, the biggest one, but like uh, I'd say, like overall, I don't know if you word it this way, it was like, don't be a mark. You know, like you, like you can be a jabroni sometimes, but like you can't be. Right. A mark. And then. Um, so, and for anyone out there that's listening or, or watching the show that doesn't follow professional wrestling, the term "mark" goes back to the carnival days of pro wrestling, when literally um actually not even pro wrestling it goes back to the carnival days because right. wrestling originated from the carnies um and what they used to do in those days the carnies would find someone you know that they saw and they oh this guy's got like a big stack of cash he pulled out his wallet he's a sucker and then they would literally grab like some chalk or something and mark the guy on the back. And now that guy's the sucker. And as he walks through the carnival, every other operator knows to hit that guy up because he's got cash and he's a sucker and he'll fall for every game. When the carnivals started running professional wrestling shows, the marks became the fans that were duped 
into thinking that everything was legitimate, that everything was on the up and up, that it wasn't right. predetermined, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then the term has sort of like been bastardized over the generations. But Rico, your point was <laughs> your coach basically told you act like a professional, not a fan. Yeah, There's two right. sides of the railing, man. There's yeah, two right. sides of the railing. Yeah. yeah. Which is good advice. <laughs> yeah, um, right. It, yeah, it's and basically like you're telling me, like treat people like right. Don't get involved in all the backstage drama stuff. Like just right. do your job and like go home. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. That's that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So I I just got word our guest is running a couple minutes late. He will mm-hmm. join us uh, shortly. Um, do you want to hear the first time I got offered a job at WWE? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I was training. Is it a hand like, job? Yeah. So. I only been training like five months and uh, my coach told me like British Bulldog was in town, like WWE was doing the show and like I think WCW was doing a pay-per-view like the next day or something. I so remember exactly what weekend you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I had I, I, I had dinner that night with Chris Jericho, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko. Um, I think Davey Boy was there. We had all all of us had dinner in Toronto at a restaurant at Young and no, Eglinton. I don't think Davey, Davey Boy was there because he was with us. So my no, but this was on a this was on a Monday night. Oh, okay. So he hadn't Saturday. left town yet. This is the Saturday. Yeah, he did a house show or something. So we did the house show. So my coach was like, "Hey, I gotta go see Davey Boy because anyone who knows my coach is like right hand man Stu Hart for a while." Mm. So um, we go there and we actually went there for Alexander King. Because mm-hmm. he was wrestling on a tour out east. So my coach went and brought his stuff to get to Davy Boy to bring to the office. So Davy Boy's like, I guess, you know, he basically said it. He's like, me and Shawn Michaels have the most power in this company right now. Where is this guy? Tell him to come. He's going to come on tour with us for the rest of the week. And then my coach was like, well, he's out east. So then, whatever. So that night, Davy Boy's like, I want to go out. Where should we go? And then, so I ended up taking him to the drink. And uh, I met Steve Blackman that night, too, who's a serious guy. So uh, we go there, and then like, all the guys were there, like Albert, Test, all those guys were there. And I knew Test. Um, I had met Test from something from before. Yeah. But anyway, so we're there. We're hanging out all night. Like, and then we go back to the hotel, and Davey Boy's like, uh, where's your gear? And I was like, I didn't have gear made yet. <laughs> and then I'm like, why? And he goes, okay, well, the other guy can't come. You come on the road with us. And I'm like, uh, I can't. Like, I was like, I, you know, like, like – we were talking about earlier, like the amount of respect I had for my coach. I'm like, I can't just go. You know, right. I, I asked my coach for permission to do my first match ever. Yes. So, technically, uh, <clears throat> like the first time I ever got offered a job in WWF. Wow. Like, yeah. Um, our guest just joined, but before we uh, bring him in, I do want to make uh, just I want I want to circle back to that comment that I made about that same weekend, Rico, yeah. that we were talking about. Um. I remember having dinner with all those dudes. Yeah. Everybody got trashed. Everybody and and our our radio show picked up the tab that night for like 15 of us. It was so stupid. And then the thing I'll never forget, we're at Young and Eglinton in Toronto, which is a really busy it's a nice area. area and it's a nice area. Yeah. And now it's like 3:30 in the morning. We're a few hours after Monday Nitro has ended. And now Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho, and Dean Malenko are crossing Eglinton about a block east of Young Street. So they're jaywalking with their pants pulled down around their ankles. 
and and just walking bare ass across the street because they want to see if they'll get any attention or if any if everyone in Canada will just leave them alone. Yeah. And I thought these guys are out of there. They're gonna die. Like I'm thinking they're gonna get hit by a car. They're gonna die. That's kind of normal. But. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. just it was the weirdest weirdest night ever. And there's so much crazy. else from that night. But I'm gonna the I'm gonna wrestling see. world, man. Yeah. Uh, I don't miss and it. Our guest just <laughs> our guest was sitting backstage and oh there he is again. Okay. Perfect. And if he is there and ready, we will add him into the show. Because, ladies and gentlemen, our second guest tonight, he was born and raised in Zimbabwe before moving to Canada and becoming a reality television star. He appeared on the show Sense Appeal, where competitors smell, touch, hear, taste, and make out with total strangers, all before even seeing the person, and then decide if they want to go on a date or run like hell. And despite that date from hell, TV fans actually know this man best from his run on Big Brother Canada Season 3, where he was the runner-up for the grand prize, nearly becoming the flat, the first black person to win the show in Canada or the U.S. Since appearing on both those shows, he has been steadily working as an actor, picking up commercial gigs, and he's also a business owner. He's been a loud voice for change on social media and a proud supporter of the Black Lives Movement. Ladies and gentlemen, he eats chicken bones and shrimp tails, and at one point, he had nine damn cats. He wants your blood on his hands. He's the tan Superman. Ladies and gentlemen, Godfrey Manzuiga. Godfrey, what's up, man? Do we have him? We see him, and he's he's having technical difficulties, apparently, ladies and gentlemen. He'll uh, Not be just momentarily. Me. What? Probably wow. my fault. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. That's exactly it right there. Sorry, guys. Well, look, man, you want to move to a new platform with me on the show, you know this is uh, something that you got to expect. <laughs> it's been God for you there? For it's working great for yeah. you, eh? <laughs> it's been working great for me. Wow. That was amazing. I'd like to thank our guest, Godfrey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, we saw him for a second. Exactly. And it looks like his camera is loading. Live broadcast, folks. There's no safety net. Hey, Godfrey, how's it going? We can see you again. Can you hear us? Able to hear me? Yes, yes, sir. Can you hear us, though? God. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna this take that incident. as an absolute. No. Can you guys hear? <laughs> yes, yes, we yeah. hear you. We hear you. Can you oh, hear, us? hear us? It's all Rico. Is it the gas station <laughs> headphones? What's I'm going on? I'm done taking this heat. Is it the gas station? Yeah, amazing. Are you with us? I I I think he uses dial-up. Rico's got to be feeling good now because oh, yeah. he's been he's been smooth. I think God I think God's internet connection is being rerouted from Zimbabwe. Can you hear me now? <laughs> Can you hear me now? Oh, hello. Can yes. Hey. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me Can now? Can you guys hear Can me, you hear right me now? now? Yes, yes, we hear you. Yes. Can you Hello. hear us? This is amazing. This is the let greatest. Me, let me oh go God. closer to the router. This is the greatest. 
thing <laughs> ever. Okay, I can't, I can't, oh, you guys. my God. Talk shit about the payphone again, Tim. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? I'm going to go get me a stack of quarters now, man. Wow. <laughs> Tell you what, while while um, while we're trying to figure out God's uh, uh, technical issues, I'm going to share with everyone because, uh, as I mentioned in the intro, Godfrey was a competitor on Big Brother Canada Season 3. Right. Um, none of these other dudes on the show have ever watched a minute of Big Brother. I'm a huge mark. I'm, I'm a fan of it for, for the entire time it's been on TV in North America. And Godfrey is. is actually um, the guy who has one of my all-time favorite speeches on the show. It was so ballsy and so arrogant that it's my one of my all-time favorites. I want to show this to everyone right now very quickly. Um, and just to give context, so the way the show mm -hmm. works is every week one guy is in charge and he has to nominate two people to be put on the block and then the house has to vote to evict one person. There's a contest that then happens after they've been nominated called the veto. And if someone wins the veto, they can choose to remove themselves or remove someone else from the possibility of being evicted. So... In this particular episode, it's early on in the season, and Godfrey is on the block, and we just lost him. Godfrey is on the block, and he is talking to a guy who he's been warring with who won the veto. And so what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to stand up and ask the veto holder why they should use it on you to save your ass. And instead of begging for help... This is what Godfrey decided to do. I think that this is um, one of the most gangster speeches of all time. Let's take a listen. And here we go. Sack, bro, if you have any sense in your head at all, uh -huh. I strongly urge you not to use the veto on me. What? Because if I get off this block, it's you uh -huh. coming after me. Hello. Your blood on these hands. Blood. So don't use it on me. Use the veto on your boy JP. Using your closest ally as a pawn to send me home? Never a good idea. Wow. I have no idea what any of that means. You're a sleeping <laughs> giant, man. And then, as I mentioned, he went on to win that vote. Uh, the guy who was in charge with all the power saw his best friend in the house walk out the door and Godfrey ends up going all the way to the finals uh, and losing uh, to Sarah Hanlon, uh, the hemp salesperson from Toronto, Canada. I don't know. Godfrey wow. just sent us a message and said his Internet connection is acting up. He's trying to resolve well, it. We may not get him back on. Yeah, I don't know we happening. may have to try to him for another day, you know? Mm. Oh, yeah. I think uh, Rico just booted him right out of his spot. I was way to steal his heat. I was gonna say that uh, for those who don't know, if you don't watch professional wrestling, Heat <laughs> it was a I great was, movie. I was gonna say, um, watching that show all those years, it is really a sociological experiment, right? You've got sixteen people locked in a house for about okay. three, three and a half months. You got no access to the outside world. And really, you're just staring at each other. You've got competitions that happen a couple times a week. Other than that, you're staring at each other for 18 hours a day. There must be I, tons of fights. I'm, there's tons of fights. There's people hooking up. There's all kinds of drama. 
I would be terrible on that show. I would have people pissed off at me in the first week. I think For Rico. Sure. I think Rico would be a fantastic competitor. He'd go in there with the attitude of, I don't give a fuck. Right. And he knows how to keep his mouth shut. Do so the he, voice, man. He wouldn't piss people now. off. <laughs> hey, all these big brother players are fucking marks. <laughs> I, think, wow. I think, Rico, you would actually do very well in that environment. Yeah, you, you know, there can't be anything worse than going on tour with a lot of guys who want to be in the main event. You Isn't it the mean? same like, thing? Like, it's the same yeah. thing, right? It's a bunch right. of prima donnas all. Yeah. yeah, right? Yeah. Only this time you get catering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. You know, there's craft services all the time on this one. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give him this, man. If there's any tie in there, that was pretty ballsy of God because, man, like I always have pictured myself getting on one of these reality shows somehow and wondering, you know, what the dynamics would be with me and the other people and trying to win. I don't know that I would ever get to a point where I was like, yeah, don't even fucking help me. I'm going to do this myself. But I can see Rico doing that. I can't I can see him giving everybody the big old fuck off. <laughs> yeah, pretty and much. Not, and not caring. Making me seem like I'm a bad guy. It's like I'm nah. No, you just don't <laughs> care. You yeah, just don't care about anything. Yeah, I, I prefer. I prefer a house where you lock in people like, like Vern Troyer and like Vanilla Ice and China and like, you know what I mean? When all you when you lock all gone. of uh, well, not all, all, you lock all of them into a into a house and stuff like that. Those are way better shows than all of this. Like, oh, who's hooking up with who? Drama. Can I, like, okay. Can I, can I give you my idea for a reality show? I've had this idea for a long time. Here's my idea. Okay, you get about I don't know twelve people in in a big house, and you serve them a big ass meal, buffet style. Everything you could possibly want to eat, all of your favorite mm -hmm. foods, nothing nasty, no cockroaches and beetles and stuff like that. Real food. It's amazing. Let all the drinks they can have, too. And then what you do after dinner is you take all the 12 people and go, OK, the last person to use the bathroom wins a million dollars. So the whole show is about holding in your shit. <laughs> because I think the shit would be hilarious. But bro. you know what? They do they do <laughs> contests like that. Holding mini, your shit contest? Well, not holding your shit, but they do things like that on Big Brother. That's what like, I'm saying. I remember they did a contest where it was like everyone had to put a hand on a car. And this, the contest was simple. The last person with their hand on the car gets the car. Yeah, but nobody shits their pants. Yeah, no. but you're there for like... 40 hours. You're missing the point. It's about having people shit their pants. Someone's going to shit their pants. Is anybody else pointing? Shit your is, anybody, is anybody else going to point out the fact that, like, finally Danny O has, like, got the most white boy humor ever coming up out his face? Like, he's talking about shitting hey, pants. Remember all these conversations that we would have about Dookie <laughs> and shit like that? And Dan would be like, fucking white boy humor. And now all of a sudden, here he is no thank you was, very much it wasn't the dookie that bothered me y'all know what you the white boy humor that really used to get up uh, all, all, all i've been thinking the whole time is i haven't done a show with dan in seven eight years and the guy's still stupid it's a goddamn dookie show uh, people would tune in
Y'all would tune in. Let us know, people watching right now on Facebook. Would you watch Shit My Pants? What is that what you would call it? Shit My Pants? Shit or My like, Pants. Or like or it, Dookie, Dookie or for it, Dollars. Is it Don't Shit Your Pants? <laughs> yeah. Don't Your Shit? Yeah, I guess. You know, it's a last, work in progress here. But it'd be last, funny. I know it'd be Last dope. Man Shitting. Last Man Shitting is good. I'm just saying. I know. Hey, we've all had those feelings of. Oh, it's simple. Why isn't the name it there? The simple. It's just called No Shit. That's a good no one. No shit. That's the name no of the show. No shit. That's there the name of the show right see, there. See, look how into it see how, see how See how I see? do that for I you? No, I just do that for you. Listen, I wasn't into the last thing that they called live audio wrestling, but I still named that fucking thing, too. <laughs> okay. I named you. <laughs> it all starts someplace. Uh, it looks like Godfrey just joined in the backstage area. If we can get him on for, for a couple minutes before we say goodnight, we'll do that. Um, otherwise, we will uh, we will just try to reschedule for another time. Yeah. It looks like his device yeah. is connecting. We'll see if we can get him in. Because um, I really was hoping it to connect with him very quickly. Is he going to be our room in the show? What's that? Yeah. 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 Is he going to be our Matt Damon? He might be. Yeah. <laughs> Like, sorry, we didn't have time for you. We'll get to you next time. Uh, his camera looks like it's loading. I don't know what's going on with Godfrey's uh, internet connection, man. He's We're going to rebook that. Issues. We, we may have He'll to. He'll be back. Um, He'll be back. Next week on Shit Your Pants. <laughs> Godfrey returns. Is there a skid mark? Isn't there a skid mark? Tune in to find out. Because skid marks will get you tossed off the game. That doesn't count. What Can't if they're peak. just like? What if they're just farts, though? You know what I mean? Yeah, good question. Farts are acceptable, but if a little bit comes out and grazes the panties, you're done. <laughs> That's an official shit. Rico loves the show. I can tell, bro. All I'm thinking is this guy's so dumb. <laughs> 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 He's so dumb. Hey, That's what happens. Dutch? I've been hanging around all y'all for too long. That's what happens. All the white boy humors, you know, rubbing yeah. off. Would you be Yo. a judge on no shit? Would I would be the host. host. Yeah. I'd be hosting. Oh, yeah. You'd, you'd be right in there getting uh, I find so it ex close to those. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's cameras everywhere. So it's not mad inappropriate. Cameras in the bathroom, everything. I want to I go through next week because we obviously don't have time now, but I want to yeah. go through next week. And I need, I need to hear of all these other, like, game shows that Dan has come up with during, <laughs> like, these COVID times and stuff like that. Because I feel, okay. I feel like there might be some winners up in here. There's a few others. Like, mm. picture a show. It's like, I dare you. Okay? You go to a drive-thru, mm -hmm. for example. You order up, I don't know, a burger or whatever shit you eat. And you ask the person, could I get mine with extra spit? And the person would be like, what? Like, spit. Can you spit on my bro? Customer's always right. Right? Can you please spit in my bro? And see if they'll do it. See if you can get people to do fucked up shit because the customer's always right. So, you know, just saying. I okay. got the ideas. Don't, we'll implement them later. Uh, don't they do that? They already do that. It's called Impractical Jokers. Do they? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Speaking speaking of spit, before we go, I want to get your guys' take on this because you just reminded me. And oh. It's a funny story that happened this week. Uh, I don't know if you saw this or not, guys. A priest down in Louisiana, Father mm -hmm. Travis Clark, age 37, mm -hmm. charged with obscenity after being caught having a threesome on the mm -hmm. altar of his church with two yeah. dominatrixes. Uh, the altar had been fitted with stage lights and a cell phone on a tripod. Mm. Uh, and, and there, 
plenty of sex toys present. Apparently okay. someone was peeking in the window and uh, unfortunately he got charged and arrested, uh, released mm. on $25,000 bail. And the uh, archbishop in that area has set the altar on fire. Wow. <laughs> was it well, that it wasn't hey, little boys? Voyeurism is a sin and a crime. So fuck mm. that rat, whoever ratted him out. That was the worst part. Oh, Godfrey, can we? Can you hear us now? Guys, can you? I'm trying to find every. This oh my God! Is the best. This is the best, <laughs> best, best ever. All right, Godfrey, we're gonna. That's, that's how you shit your pants. We're gonna have to reschedule with you, Godfrey, and and do it another time, man, because there's all kinds of technical issues there. Um, but guys, uh, that story. I thought it was insane. Like at first when I heard the story, I'm like, what's he being arrested for? Like yeah, having a threesome, yeah. you know, it's not like the church doors were open and people were just like, I'm sure it's, I'm sh but I'm sure it's something in the contract. Cause if he was the priest who's there, he lives there obviously on site probably. Right. Know. And it's something in the contract because they are contracted individuals. It is a fucking job to them. They do get moved around from church to church, right? So I'm sure that there is some kind of violation, some kind of thing in there that says, hey, don't get pegged by a couple of broads that you paid to do it on top of our stuff. Right. You know what I mean? Maybe so, the archbishop was just cheese. They weren't little boys. I mean, he's ruining the reputation. Oh, was it down? Was it Catholic? Was it a Catholic? Church? It was a Catholic church. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. There you go. There wow, you go. I, I, other other religions have priests. I was surprised when you said it was women. I was like, good on him. <laughs> and and not bad looking. Oh, he's up. Dad, I'll send you the link, Dan. All right, one <laughs> last try. One last try before we say goodnight. One last try because we're getting people messaging saying, "Please try one more time." Godfrey, can you hear us? <laughs> this is going to go in the archives. This is the worst interview ever. Godfrey, no. can you hear us? No, this is the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> All after, right. After a we certain try. while, when you can't find a hole, you give up, man. <laughs> right? Told you. you. I've been telling. I've been telling you guys so so long. God ain't real. It's the way it works. Listen, <laughs> you can. Oh wow. <laughs> That's funny. Oh uh, man. Check him out on Instagram at Godfrey Mangwiza. Absolutely do. And uh, we will try to endeavor to have him on again in the future uh you can also follow rico montana on instagram at Why? rico montana underscore one <laughs> if you want to learn more about uh yeah uh dealing with with life with covid if you want to talk about uh mental health uh issues if you want to talk about nutrition he's your guy give him a shout Tell him that you saw him on the Godfathers and, and uh, he'll probably charge you 10% more, but hit him up, hit him up, hit him up on wrestling questions too. He loves that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Well, I'll definitely say this, man. If anybody out there is dead serious on improving their life, improving their fitness as well as their mental health, he is definitely the man. I'm easily in the best shape of my life. Thanks to him. So again, thank you publicly, bro. I know we talk a lot about it, man, but I appreciate you, bro. You're the man. I appreciate the words. All right, Rico. We'll talk to you next time, man. All right, guys. Yes. Thanks for having me on. Take oh, man, it's good to see you, bro. Cool. Rico Montana, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we love you, too. Say it back, you fucker. I love you, too. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> good night, Rico. Go shit your pants. <laughs> All right, fellas. Parting words before we say good night. 
Oh, wow. This is, uh, you know, it's, it's fun when you get to try out new ventures and stuff like that. And this mm-hmm. is definitely a trip. Uh, uh, let's, you know, let's keep this ball rolling and, uh, have some more fun next week. This was kind of nice that we didn't have to get into a bunch of bullshit this week. We were more concentrated on whether or not this show was going to work out and stuff like that. And it's been fantastic. Uh, I want to <laughs> thank y'all for, I want to thank y'all for the laughs, especially. I really want to thank Godfrey because that, that couldn't have been planned as a bit any better that is some that is that is some snl shit right there like that that needs to go down in the archives for sure man so thank you all for that i appreciate the shit out of you can we can we like co-title the show shit your pants i think it was probably (laughs) fitting wow we we sort of it's no shit that's no shit yeah no shit yeah, uh, <laughs> our next episode will be on Thursday, October 22nd. We will be joined yeah. by Pat uh, Mastriani of Degrassi fame. Uh, Joey Jeremiah is going to mm, be joining amazing. us on the show. When we had Steph Brogren on the show back in September, we got tons of feedback, uh, emails, d- direct messages, everything saying, awesome. You guys had Snake on the show. Now you got to have Joey Jeremiah. So yeah. we listened, we delivered, and he's coming up on the show for all of you. Um, we also want to announce that coming up on the show on Drake. Tuesday, yeah, October right. 27th, That'll be our Halloween episode. Yes. We are going to be welcoming Terror Vision Queen, Amazing. Diane Franklin. Uh, you saw her in the original Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, where she was yeah. one of the princesses. Uh, she's got lots to talk about on that, not being mm. included in the new Bill and Ted movie yeah. when all of the original cast was brought back. Wow. Um, and she's uh, she's been in tons of horror movies, right, Tid? Tons. So and many of them. You know, leading up to Halloween, what better guest than someone who knows everything there is to know about horror and terror and everything else in between. So she will be our guest on October 27th. And then we have lots of great guests that are lined up in November. Stick with us. Subscribe at Facebook. Go to Godfathers of Podcasting. Look us up. Go to our website, godfathersofpodcasting.com. Make sure Uh you visit our sponsors and please purchase from them because otherwise we cannot keep doing this for all of you. Uh, Make sure you buy some merchandise. Check out our shop. We've got t-shirts, hats, Mm. sweaters, just about everything you can imagine under the sun like that and all kinds of other designs and styles and everything else. And uh, yeah, that's it. Tid, Dan, that's it, right? That's it. New one. New video is out. So new video, which yeah. we're gonna go out on. Okay. Dan go. Dan released a new video uh last Friday, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is uh personally, this is my favorite track off of your most recent album. Oh really? Uh, cool. The, de- the, de- the Deadbeat Dad diss track. Yeah, man. Um, so we're gonna go out on the new video that just launched. Last Friday, uh, we're going to play that for all of you out there. And we thank you for joining us. We thank you for hanging out. We thank you for bearing with us through the technical issues. (laughs) Hey, it happens. What are you going to do? Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you next time.
Usually I reserve my venom for the man to movie pennant. Lyrical sentences that offend and begin your ending. Cause you a phantom in a needle. Cause I don't see the point of the feeble attempts at retrieval as reps is equal. Prone to attacking you, leaving you black and blue. We tapped him in a kangaroo, jumping at every chance to mangle dudes. But now I don't give a f about MCs. The worst f in the world is them deadbeats. Clown, coward, waste, pounding. Bouncy as hasty as you hit it. Which is the biggest? The one you used to be sticking or the chicken in the mirror defining what a f is. And hating on the transgendered, but you know man ended. Neither your money nor your time do you plan spending. Now that you're pregnant, every segment of your responsibility you're amending until you're a defendant. Child support, support your child's development. Every other weekend don't make you relevant. You now live for your child's benefit. If it ain't your attitude, let a stand-up dude be a surrogate. You got no claim on the kids, baby. Who cares if the chick crazy? You as worthless as a pasty. Ain't got it covered. The opposite of progress. Found some and lost yourself in the process. Listen, 10% of men are applicants in family law cases, so the commonplace practices give a mother custody, perpetrating, robbing children of building with both parents trustfully. Real fathers suffer the ramifications of having a nation of lack imitations of men stuck in the drudgery of a system that victimizes us to be spending a gang of racks to have a stranger judging we and still be lucky to get twice a month visits. Disregarding a child's rights is complicit. Stereotyping you dumb person with every time you skip on paying the month figures. And I ain't talking about cash, I'm talking about having your kid not having to ask where you're been. Cause ain't got a clue about support payments You there or you ain't If you ain't then you ancient History Child support checks Can't kiss a cheek And hug a baby when she's desperate for sympathy Deadbeat fathers ain't to me Out of their mind All of their kind should be put out the damn misery Seriously What's more important than protecting your seed And showing affection and heat Especially when your DNA seeps When she bleeds She ain't a baker It's not dough A daddy is what she needs yeah.